You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we review the third test between Australia and South Africa from the SCG. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast and let's get started. Let's have a look at the match summary from the third test between Australia and South Africa from the SCG. Australia batted first and made 4 for 475 declared. Kawaja top scored with 195 not out. And Norkia took two wickets for South Africa. South Africa in their first innings were bowled out for 255. Maharaj top scored with 53. Hazelwood took four wickets for Australia. South Africa were asked to follow on and they finished on two for 106 in their second innings. Irvie top scored with 42. Hazelwood and Cummins took one wicket each. The match was a draw. Australia won the series 2-0 and Usman Khawaja was named player of the match. What were the key moments and key factors from this third test between Australia and South Africa? Australia's batting, setting 4 for 475 declared to put themselves into a dominant position. The weather was a big factor, taking time out of the test match and making it harder for a result to be achieved. Australia's bowling to bowl South Africa out for 255 under the follow-on target of 275 allowed Australia to enforce the follow-on and push for an unlikely victory. But time and the weather were Australia's enemy and the test match ended in a drab draw. Those were the key moments and key factors from this third test at the SC. Let's have a look at both teams' performances in this third test at the SCG with both bat and ball. We'll start with Australia and their batters. Kawaja, 195 not out. Warner, 10. Labashane, 79. Smith, 104. Head, 70. And Renshaw, 5 not out. That's how the Australian batters went about things in this third and final test of the series against South Africa at the SCG. Australia's batting in this third test at the SCG was another dominant display from the Australian team. Um, It was reflective in the score they amassed in this third test match. Four for 475 declared from 131 overs was a pretty dominant performance uh, with the bat from Australia. Let's talk about uh, Australia's batting performance and what happened in the first innings with the bat. How did they go about things? Um, They scored four for 475 declared in 131 overs, as I mentioned. And as I mentioned as well, it was a pretty dominant performance. Um, As we've seen throughout the series, Australia have been able to post big first-setting scores to really put South Africa under pressure. And uh, that was evident in the third test here at the SCG. Uh, David Warner went early for 10 and missed out as the other batters cashed in and scored big runs in this first innings for Australia. He was the only one who really missed out, really. Whereas Kawaja, Smith, and Head scored uh, hundreds and uh, well-deserved 50s. Also, Labuschagne uh, scored a 50 as well. So David Warner was unlucky. He was out for 10 after making 200 in uh, Melbourne. Uh, the third test match here in Sydney. Got out for 10. Missed out on a big score. Um but the partnerships Australia had of 135 for the second wicket between Kawaja and Labuschagne, 209 for the third wicket between Kawaja and Smith, 112 for the fourth wicket between Kawaja and Head were the key partnerships to get Australia to that four for 475 
uh, score which they made in the end. And those three partnerships were pretty handy for Australia, as I mentioned, and put Australia in a very strong position to try and force a result in this test match, given the rain um, and the time lost uh, during the five days of play. The time and the weather were making it harder for Australia to try and force a result in this match. Pat Cummins had to declare the innings on day four, and Usman Khawaja fell just five runs short of his double century. But the team had to come first, and both Pat Cummins and Usman Khawaja um, uh, were pretty cool about that decision and putting the team first in order to try and win the test match for Australia. So that's how Australia went about their batting performance in the first innings. As I mentioned, pretty dominant performance. Not surprising, as we've seen throughout the series. Uh, the Australian batters have been scoring a lot of runs. And uh, let's talk about the man of the moment, and that's Usman Khawaja. 195 not out he made. Um, he had a quiet summer up until this point um, of the summer. Uh, Usman Khawaja had a pretty quiet series against the West Indies. He had a quiet two test matches at the start of this series against South Africa, but he was able to uh, back the process, uh, back himself, and uh, be able to score 195 in this last test of the series. Um, he he batted well. Um, he made batting look easy, as we know with Usman Khawaja. He's quite laid back. He just makes batting look so easy. Um, he was uh, scoring runs well. He was rotating the strike well. He was picking off the South African bowlers at will when they strayed off their lines and lengths. He was able to punish them to the boundary and score runs. Um, but he does it in his own sort of way, really. And uh, it's good to see Usman Khawaja really start 2023 on the right note by scoring a big century. And no doubt he'll be pleased with how he went in this test match with the bat. And he was quite exceptional uh, Kawaja. Uh, Steve Smith, let's talk about him. Brilliant century, 104 of 192 balls. Um, his 30th test match century is equaled with Matthew Hayden now on the all-time list of test centuries scored for Australia. And no doubt Steve Smith's going to add another few to that tally of 30 centuries in his career uh, with a big tour of India coming up, WTC final potentially, and uh, later on in the year, the Big Ashes series, of course, in England. So no doubt Steve Smith will definitely climb the list on the all-time century scorers for Australian Test cricket. But 30 Test centuries is a magnificent achievement. Um, he's, he's now the fourth uh, leading run scorer for Australia in Test cricket. He went past Michael Clark to go into fourth place on that list. Um, uh, the, the three others ahead of him, of course, are Ricky Ponting, Alan Border and Steve Waugh. Uh, three brilliant players and three brilliant batsmen for Australia over the years in Test cricket. So for Steve Smith to be in that echelon, that top echelon of Australian Test batters in terms of runs scored for their country in Test cricket, it's a pretty good list to be on. And no doubt Steve Smith will make his way up. Probably may end up in second place on that table. You never know. Or he may go past Ricky Ponting, but um, that's further down the track. But um, for Steve Smith... Magnificent century. Uh, it wasn't really a dominant series from Steve Smith. It was a pretty quiet series. He scored an 80-odd in, in Melbourne um, on Boxing Day. Wasn't able to get the century in that test, but he was able to convert here in Sydney. Um, so it wasn't a dominant series from Smith. We were expecting a big series from him, as we saw against the West Indies. But that's, that's cricket. Uh, nothing quite goes to plan. 
but for Steve Smith, I think he'll be very pleased with his efforts in this third test match. Travis Head, what can we say about Travis Head? He came in and uh, scored a quick-fire 70 or 59 balls, and he's striking well over 100 um, during this series, and also during this Australian summer. You know, every time he comes in at number five, uh, when the team's in a good position, it just allows Travis Head to express himself, play his shots, back himself. We see Travis Head growing in confidence every innings he plays. Um, his batting's improving, but also his off-spin is improving as well. So he's becoming a very handy cricketer with both bat and ball, um, if required. But good to see Travis Head really doing well. I think for Travis Head, the big test will be trying to do this overseas for Australia in terms of the Indian tour. Also, uh, the Ashes as well. But for Travis Head, it's been a great summer for him. And not a bad way to end the Australian Test summer with a, a good half century, good contribution in the first innings for Australia. And last but not least, let's talk about Marnus Labuschagne. Uh, 79 he made. Um, again, a very quiet series from Labuschagne. Not a dominant series as we predicted after a very exciting series against uh, the West Indies. He dominated there. Uh, but the South African bowlers at times got him out early on in his innings and uh, he wasn't able to get through those tough periods. But he was able to get through it in the third test and score a good 79. So good to see Manas finish off the test summer on a, on a, positive, note, on a positive note, I should say. Um, he got a good delivery from Nokia that just burst up from the surface. It just kicked off the surface and caught the edge of the bat and... He was a bit disappointed to get out that way, Marnus, but uh, you've got to tip your hat as a batsman and say, well, well bowled to the bowler, and no doubt it was good delivery from Andrik Nokia. Once again, it was another dominant dis batting display from Australia. Usman Khawaja was by far the standout batter for Australia, scoring a career best 195 not out, which set up Australia nicely in this test match. Steve Smith scored his first century of the series and showed why he's one of the best batters going around. Travis Head's golden summer continues, scoring yet another quick-fire 50. Australia's batters will be pleased with how they performed in this third test. Let's have a look at the Australian bowlers and how they performed in this third test match of the series against South Africa from the SCG. No wickets for Labuschagne, no wickets for Smith, a wicket for Head, no wickets for Ashton Agar. Four wickets for Cummins, two wickets for Lyon, and five wickets for Hazelwood. That's how the Australian bowlers went about things in this third test against South Africa from the SCG. Um, it was a very good bowling effort from Australia in this third test match of the series. Time was against Australia as the rain um, fell over the five days, uh, taking up time in this test match. It was always going to be hard for Australia to try and take 20 wickets and try and force a result in this test match, given the weather in Sydney again, uh, which has been a common theme over the last few years in Sydney, which is no surprise. It was always going to be hard for Australia to take 20 wickets, but they gave it a red-hot crack. They gave it a go, and that's what, what it's all about in test cricket. It's all about testing yourself and challenging yourself, and no doubt this was a challenge for Australia to take the 20 wickets and try and force an unlikely result from the test match. But let's talk about the first innings and how they performed in the first innings with the ball. Um, Australia started their bowling innings on day four due to the rain, uh, delaying play and taking time out of the game. So Australia began uh, their bowling innings in the first innings to South Africa on day four. Uh, they had South Africa in early trouble at four for 85, inside 38.1 overs. It looked like bowling South Africa out in no time. 
But South Africa's batters fought hard and made Australia earn their wickets. Australia needed to keep South Africa under 275 in order to force the follow-on, but South Africa were edging closer to that target. The partnership between Maharaj and Hama of 80 for the 8th wicket was starting to agitate the Australian bowlers to an extent. But Josh Hazelwood was able to break the partnership and Australia managed to bowl South Africa out for 255 and 108 overs. But that partnership between Maharaj and Hama uh, took up more time on day five and more time was taken out of the game and Australia were up against it to bowl South Africa out for a second time. The second innings, Australia were able to enforce the follow-on to push for victory. They only managed to pick up two wickets, but South Africa managed to hold on for a draw finishing on 2 for 106, and Pat Cummins was forced to shake hands and call it a day. So that's how Australia went about things in both of their innings in this test match um, at the SCG against South Africa. So as I mentioned, with the rain and the weather, um, Australia just couldn't quite get the job done. Everything was up against them, but as I mentioned, you've got to give it a go, you've got to give it a try. Um, and I thought Australia really bowled well, they gave it their all. And the SCG wicket was a was a wicket that wasn't deteriorated as much because the covers were on it for most of the test match. The sun wasn't out baking the pitch. The talk coming into the, the third test match was that the pitch was going to turn square and both teams um, played two spinners. Australia played Lyon and Agar. Uh, South Africa played Maharaj and Hama. Uh, but it didn't really turn as much or it didn't really break up as much due to the weather. Um, if it did, it would have been a different story, but um, that was going to be hard for Australia, that it was going to be difficult seeing that the pitch wasn't really deteriorated as much as you would expect if the test match had no rain and we went the full distance over the five days, uh, we would have seen the pitch turn a lot more reverse swing, more uh, prevalent. Um, we did see Australia get the ball to reverse a little bit in both innings, um, and we did see uh, Nathan Lyon, um, and Travis Head to an extent, who bowled some good overs of off-spin and really becoming a serious contender to bowl um, in India uh, when Australia toured there in February uh, to be that backup spinner or another spin option. They got the ball to turn a little bit, um, but not as much because of the weather, as I mentioned. But Australia once again did the basics well with the ball. They bowled good lines and lengths. They applied the pressure on to the South African batters throughout the uh, the two innings, uh, they bowled dot balls to build pressure. They took wickets when they needed. Uh, they bowled dot balls and maidens to build that pressure nicely. Uh, they executed their plans and skills with the ball. They bowled uh, consistent line and length. And all the Australian bowlers contributed in some way. Um, and Australia had a bit of um, a, a bit of luck not go their way. There was some umpires calls. Uh, decisions on LBWs that didn't go Australia's way. There were some non-catches that didn't go Australia's way either. Half chances weren't taken. Um, so if all of those things went in Australia's favour, the umpire's cause for the LBWs, for example, that went in Australia's favour, or the non-catches that weren't given when Steve Smith took two brilliant catches at slip. Um, obviously one at slip um, early in the test match, and then obviously another one at slip to Nathan Lyon. Both of those catches weren't uh, given out. They were given not out. The soft signal creating a lot of debate. Um, and no doubt a lot of people will talk about that um, in the coming days and coming weeks. Um, 
creating a lot of discussion. But um, if those calls and the half chances that Australia created as well in the field, if they t- if all those things went Australia's way, then maybe Australia were a good chance of probably uh, pulling out an unlikely victory. But that's the game of cricket. You need those things to go your way. Didn't quite go Australia's way there. Australia were quite agitated, especially Nathan Lyon picking up those LBW decisions. Um, and he was bowling well. Unfortunately, ball tracking had umpires call and um, he was not happy about it, Nathan Lyon. Very frustrated. And that's understandable. You, you just need those little one percenters to go your way. So Australia's luck wasn't quite there uh, throughout the two innings to try and get the wickets and try and pull off an unlikely victory. Um, let's talk about the bowlers and how they went quickly. Josh Hazelwood back into the test side. He bowled extremely well. I thought he bowled well. Uh, he got the ball to reverse swing. Um, just class as always, Josh. You know, line and length, uh, hits the spot, metronomic. Uh, brilliant to see Josh Hazelwood come back and really uh, make his presence felt uh, in this third test match. Pat Cummins, what can you say about the skipper? He led from the front again. Um, his spell late on day four was outstanding. Getting two wickets of Sondo and and Verena. Um those two wickets were brilliant, and the way that he set them up was good as well. Um, he got the ball to reverse as well, Pat Cummins. Travis Head, uh, bowling some part-time off-spin. He looked threatening, and Travis Head has really proven his case uh, to be a, a spin option in India with Australia Tour there later on um, in February. So uh, definitely Travis Head's improved his t- uh, bowling at test level, and he's quite a very handy off-spinner. Um Nathan Lyon bowled well, uh, didn't get much off from the surface, didn't really get much assistance due to the, the weather playing a big part there. The pitch didn't really break up as much, but he toured hard Nathan Lyon. He picked up a couple of wickets in the test. Um, Ashton Agar, who came back um, into the test side after uh, a six-year hiatus, um, he didn't really bowl well, um, Ashton Agar. Didn't really pick up a wicket. He struggled a bit. He wasn't consistent in his line and length, and... People are questioning about his spot in the squad for the India tour. Uh, but Pat Cummins has reassured uh, Ashton Agar that he would most likely be a part of the touring squad to India. Uh, but what we saw in this test match, you need your second spinner to be threatening. And yes, of course, the conditions were in favour of the spin bowlers due to the, the wicket not breaking up as much because of the rain and the weather and the covers being on the pitch and the sun not baking the pitch. Um, for Ashton Agar, he was sort of like, uh, sort of lost, really. Um, he was sort of bowling like he would in T20 cricket, um, you know, bowling flat and just uh, being inconsistent with his line and length, not really building pressure. You need to do that in Test cricket. You need to build pressure. You need to land the ball on the spot for six balls in the over, build pressure and be predictable and uh, not be unpredictable. And be prepared to bowl some boring overs. We didn't see that from Ashnega, so um, he's got to work on that if he does get another opportunity in India come February when Australia tour there. But apart from that, um, I thought the Australian bowlers really toured hard. They gave it a good hot, red hot crack. Unfortunately, the time and the weather were their enemy, and unfortunately, this Test match ended in another boring drab draw. It was a valiant bowling effort from Australia as they tried to take 20 wickets to bowl South Africa out to win this third test. Unfortunately, the weather and losing time meant the test ended in a draw. 
but you can't fault the efforts of the Australian bowlers trying to push for an unlikely victory. Let's have a look at South Africa's team performance with both bat and ball in this third test at the SCG. We'll start with their batters. Elgar, 15 and 10. Irvi, 18 and 42, not out. Klaassen, 2 and 35. Bavuma, 35 and 17, not out. Sondo, 39. And Verena, 19. That's how the South African batters went about things in this third test at the SCG against Australia. Um, I thought South Africa's batting in this third test match of the series was um, was pretty good in terms of their fight and resilience. Um, they still had their problems. They, they lost wickets. Uh, they struggled. Um, as we know, we, throughout the whole series, they, they've just been outclassed. Um, their batters feel like they're out of depth at this level, especially up against a quality attack with Australia. Um, but... South Africa were able to show some fight in this test match, and I think it came down to a number of factors. Number one, the pitch. The pitch didn't really break up as much. It was still pretty good for batting. It was pretty much flat. Uh, The sun wasn't baking the pitch. The covers were on the pitch. The rain didn't help in terms of the deterioration of the wicket. That was one factor playing in South Africa's favour in terms of we can bat for time and we can just really, um, you know, drag out this match and and bat for a draw, which in the end, that's what happened. Um, also, they showed some resilience and fight. They, they faced a lot of deliveries. All of the batters faced a lot of deliveries in their um, in their innings, either in the first innings or second innings. Um, so for South Africa, they got something out of this last test match with the bat, but it's been a very poor series with them for, with the bat throughout the whole entire series. But let's talk about how they went about things um, in this third test match with the bat. We'll start with the first innings. They were bowled out for 255 inside 108 overs. And for South Africa, this was their longest innings for them in the series um, in terms of overs faced. 108 overs is the most overs they've faced in the whole series. And also 255 is their highest score for the series as well. Um, South Africa were in trouble early in their innings. They were 4 for 85 inside 38.1 overs and looked like getting bowled out uh, for a cheap score. But they showed some fight and made Australia earn their wickets on an SCG wicket that wasn't offering much for the bowlers, as we mentioned before. Uh, South Africa needed to reach the follow-on target of 275 to make Australia bat again. And if South Africa did that, that would have been a psychological win for them, knowing that uh, you know we won't be asked to follow on. Uh, the partnership between Maharaj and Hama of 80 for the 8th wicket was getting South Africa to that follow-on target. It also wasted time and decreased Australia's chances of an unlikely victory. But once that partnership was broken between Maharaj and Hama, South Africa's tail-enders came in and soon collapsed as we've seen throughout this series thus far. And South Africa were bowled out and well under the follow-on target of 275. Australia, no hesitation, asked South Africa to follow on. And South Africa managed to hold on for a draw. um, And they finished on 2 for 106 from 41.5 overs. As time and um, the unlikelihood of victory were very uh, slim, both teams decided to shake hands and end the test match. And the match was a drawn test. So that's how South Africa went about things with the bat in this test match. Um, I think they'll, they'll be quite pleased with the fight and resilience shown. I thought in the first inning, Simon Harmer and uh, Maharaj batted well. 
Both of them put on a good partnership of 80, as I mentioned, for the eighth wicket. Um, but those two in particular showed the rest of the South African batters how to really go about things with the bat. And we haven't seen that from South Africa. They've been inconsistent with the bat throughout this series. They've been poor. They haven't done the basics well enough. They've just been outclassed. And they look out of their depth, especially facing Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, Lyon, Cameron Green, um, and even Scott Bowler in this series. They just looked out of depth. Uh, but they showed something here in this in this test match. Um, they showed some fight. They showed some resilience. And we know and associate that with South African teams. Is that they're not going to roll over and, you know, quit. Uh, they just applied themselves a lot better in this test match. They just grinded it out. They faced a lot of balls. Um, and they were able to get the result that they wanted, which was a draw. But the weather helped them in that regard there. But uh, for South Africa... Tough tour for them with the bat, but at least they got something from this last test match. South Africa's batters showed some good fight in this third test. They were able to hold on for a draw with the help of the Sydney weather. Let's have a look at South Africa's bowlers and their performance in this third test at the SCG against Australia. No wickets for Janssen and Hama. A wicket for Maharaj and Rabada and two wickets for Nokia. That's how the South African bowlers went about things in this third test match against Australia. Um, once again, South Africa struggled with the ball in this third test match, and also throughout the series we've seen South Africa struggle with the ball. Uh, they struggled in Melbourne, um, and they also struggled here in Sydney. Um, it hasn't been a great tour for South Africa in terms of their bowling. Uh, this South African attack is a pretty good attack, and some people have said it's probably the best in the world. We didn't see that throughout this whole series, and we didn't certainly see that in this third test match either. Yet again, conceded another big first innings total in the first innings. And that's been the common theme for South Africa. As we saw in Melbourne, they conceded over 500 runs at the first innings in Melbourne. And they've conceded 400 runs in the first innings here in Sydney. Uh, four for 475 Australian made. That, that's a big score to concede in the first innings. Uh, they bowled well, South Africa. At the start of the Australian innings, they bowled well. They kept Australia quiet. They didn't let let Australia go and really score quickly. Uh, they kept the runs down early um, in the Australian innings. They kept it quiet. They bowled some tight overs. Uh, they, they, they were starting to bowl in partnerships and starting to do the basics well with the ball, which has been lacking from South Africa throughout the whole entire series. And they were able to do that, build pressure and really make Australia earn their runs. But unfortunate for South Africa, they weren't able to sustain that pressure. Uh, for long periods of time. And then, obviously, Kawaja and Smith and Head and Labashain really scored runs, and they, they took it away from South Africa, and South Africa absolutely uh, struggled from that moment on. Um, as I mentioned, they didn't do the basics well enough, and, and that's been the common theme from South Africa throughout the whole series. They weren't able to do the basics well enough of the ball. They didn't bowl good lines and legs. They didn't apply pressure onto the Australian batters throughout the innings. Uh, they didn't bowl enough dot balls to build pressure. They took wickets um, every now and again, but not when they needed them. Uh, they bowled some dot balls and maidens, which has been lacking from South Africa, the lack of maidens. They were able to build the maidens up in this test match, but unfortunately they weren't rewarded with any wickets or anything like that. Uh, uh, their plans and skills with the ball, they didn't quite execute them, and they didn't quite bowl a consistent line and length to build pressure. Um, so South Africa, they're bowling... Um, yet again was poor. They came into this test match with two spinners, and to be honest, the two spinners 
weren't really effective. Uh, Maharaj took his first wicket for the series, obviously getting rid of Steve Smith, caught and bowled. Uh, but, you know, his series has been very difficult. He's been leaking runs. He leaked runs here in this third test in Sydney. He leaked big runs in Melbourne. Um, they played Salman Harmer, the second spinner, and I think he was more effective than Maharaj, to be honest. Harmer was getting some turn and he was um, causing some problems at times to the Australian batters with his offspin, um, more so than Maharaj. Uh, but he struggled as well. You know, he conceded over 109 runs in 25 overs. So the spinners weren't really effective. Um, for me, Norkia was pretty good again. Um, he kept steaming in, bowling good pace and... You know, he's been the standout bowler for South Africa throughout the whole series, I think. You know, he's been one of the best. All the others have been quite poor. Um, Rabada, he's he's out of form. He, he hasn't been really at his best, Rabada, throughout this whole series. Uh, Janssen has shown some brilliance. Um, he's shown some good uh, spells. Um, he's bowled some good spells uh, throughout the series in Melbourne and in Sydney. Uh, but South Africa, this bowling attack just has underperformed in Australia. And, and that's a disappointing thing because we know this is, this bowling attack have got some very talented bowlers. But we haven't seen that talent. We've seen it at times in this series, but we haven't seen it on a consistent basis. And um, in this test match here in Sydney, you know, they've bowled a lot of overs in the field, especially in Melbourne, over 145 overs when Australia batted there and over 131 here in, in Sydney. So there's a lot of overs in the legs, and they're starting to tire and fatigue. And after a long tour and series, and especially when you're on the losing side, it can be very difficult to come back and back it up. So not a good bowling performance again from South Africa. It was another poor bowling performance from the South African bowlers in this third test. They haven't bowled at their best in this series. For another year in a row... The Sydney Test ends in another draw. Unfortunately, the rain prevents a result for this third test of the series. Australia tried their best to push for victory in this final test of the series, but we'll be happy with a 2-0 series win. South Africa showed some fight in this final test and battled hard for a draw, despite the rain and the disappointment over the five days. The McGrath Foundation raised a lot of money to help those battling breast cancer. And no doubt Glenn McGrath will be over the moon with the generosity from the Australian public. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast. And like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.